0: The Go-Birds podcast presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Elliot Short Parks, James Seltzer coming your way as we are leading into a big cross-state matchup on Sunday. We'll get the Eagles-Steelers quickly. We are now up to 1,341 five-star reviews. Why does that
1: matter, Elliot?
0: It matters because when we get to 2,000 going to take the SATs we're going to
1: take the SATs we are going to take the SATs and what's funny is the person that suggested this sent me his scores and let's just say I will not be topping those so (laughs) it should should be an interesting experience but yeah so 1341 we're on the way to 2000 you know I think by the end I think we should set a goal the GoBirds listeners like Pretty close to the end of the year. I think we can do this. Ooh, Come on, guys. That's like, ambitious. I like this. We're setting ambitious. high We got to set big here. goals. I mean, the Eagles. The Eagles won a game. If the Eagles can win a game, I think we can. You know, well, we can Elliot, get to two thousand. Let me
0: tell you, I think the Eagles might win another game. How about I that? I know you do. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But yes, look, uh, five stars only. You can leave not five stars if you want, but it doesn't get us to the SATs. That, that's the deal. No, you so. can't
1: leave five stars. Yeah, by I the mean,
0: way. we. I would not like you to leave five stars if you like. Yeah, you know. If you don't want to make us sad, I mean, you know, why would you do that? It's mean, but it's all good. We'll we'll deal with it. Five star reviews. We'll take the SATs. Get that rolling. All right. We'll get some reviews later too. But Elliot, let's uh, let's dive in as we'll get to Eagles Steelers in a sec. Is you know we are we are of an interesting kind of dichotomy between the way we think about this game. But first, yeah, uh, some news and notes Uh, today. Doug spoke talked about Alshon and Deshaun we've been hearing you know good things about Alshon getting closer and obviously Deshaun who knows but you know theoretically closer uh what is the deal with Alshon and Deshaun what did Doug have to say and as someone who was down there on Wednesday you know obviously involved following the team closely what would be your guess as to whether Mm -hmm. we'll see one or the other on Sunday
1: Well, Alshon's ruled out. Uh, Doug said the reasoning was because essentially he missed a few days of practice with illness. Um, To me, that feels like a bit of a cop-out. I don't think Alshon was going to play on Sunday regardless. I mean, he's been in the system for three years now. He's, you know, if he's healthy, he should play, like, flat out. But I I don't think he's healthy, and I I don't think he's going – he's not going to play. It was ruled out. Um, The interesting thing about the Alshon thing is, though, so he'll now miss the fifth game of the year and might not play Mm, for the sixth.
0: Is is this uh, (laughs) – we heading in a uh, maybe-you-should-have-popped-him
1: direction here? Another interesting roster decision by Howie where – He's now just gonna eat a roster spot for five weeks, where I don't know, was it that important that you get him back for week six and week instead of week seven? And I understand that he gets the benefit of practicing, but he hasn't done almost any team reps. He's mostly just doing individual stuff. He's been in the league for nine years, he knows the offense. Like, I don't think he needs four weeks of running on the side of the field to get ready. So I do think it's getting close to the point of like you should have pupped him. I Actually, think we're already there. I agree. Yeah. So just another like small mis roster mismanagement, and it's just interesting because, and this is a larger discussion we've had. It you know it'd be, if you if you listen to our pod a year ago, you would probably hear us talk about Howie in like the highest regard, right? Like he's forward thinking. He does all these things. There's not many GMs I'd want over him, and there's still some truth to that. But there's more and more stuff piling up where it's like bad GMing, like you know roster management stuff, like the Jalen Rager not putting I was him on gonna IR, bring Alshon that up. not going yep. on pup, like. And the other thing is, quick quick tangent, it's interesting that Jordan Milata played so well on Sunday uh, night against the 49ers, and they passed over him, like, four times for the job. Like, think of what it took for him to get there. Like, they brought in Jason Peters when Andre Diller got hurt. They tried Matt Pryor over there initially, right? Like, they didn't really just, like, kind of throw him in there. They had to pay
0: Jason Peters to move back. It wasn't even a, yes. you know, it wasn't just that they put Jason Peters back in that spot after saying he was going to play guard. They actually gave him a raise to do it.
1: Yeah, so when we write the uh, obituary of this season, wherever it, whenever it may come, um, it'll be interesting to see how many of these little little small things that don't feel like big deals at the time but add them up over a year or a few months or whatever, and I think you're seeing why this team is struggling. So that that's what's going on with Alshon. Um, with Deshaun, I mean, it's just kind of more of the same. Like, I was out there at practice on Wednesday. He did practice. He did do individual drills. The only kind of tidbit I could take from practice, they, they don't let you watch team drills. But there was one sec, one portion of practice we could watch where they huddled up and D- Deshaun was not in the huddle. And the rest of the players were, like, first-team guys, like guys that you think would play on Sunday. So, you know, Deshaun's been limited throughout the week. My guess is he does not play. Um, I think he might travel to Pittsburgh and, like, maybe warm up and see if he can give it a go. But I would guess he doesn't play. But ultimately, like, does it matter? Like, let- let's be real here. Like, and I think Deshaun is a Hall of Fame talent. I don't know if he... Will ultimately have a Hall of Fame. I don't case. think
0: he is a Hall of Famer, but I know what you mean.
1: But it's it's close. I think it's like closer than you would think. Like I don't think people talk about Deshaun as a Hall of Fame player. But but regardless, like does it really matter if he plays at this point? I mean, he he's playing half the snaps. He hasn't really made an impact on a game this season. So I, I do think there's a chance he plays. But I'll tell you this: like Deshaun playing or not playing is not impacting my outlook on this game.
0: Yeah. Look, uh, credit Elliot. Uh, You know, I I know that's not something people say that often, but credit (laughs) tell you, uh, you know, you were the very first person, you said it last year, like in the offseason, you were the very first person to say, I don't want Deshaun back, I don't want Alshon back, just go with young guys and roll forward, and now it's become a a, a cacophony of that. I mean, we talked about it on the Midday Show, and all three of us agreed, for the most part. Like, Joe was a little bit on the other side, but even he got it, I think it's pretty clear that we're at the point this is why you don't bring those guys back this is why you don't count on them this is why you don't stunt Wentz's growth with the other guys I mean there's so many reasons and uh, again to your point about Deshaun you just can't count on Deshaun Jackson how many times do we have to learn this especially a Deshaun Jackson at this age you know you had to Mm -hmm. assume that these things were going to happen these soft tissue injuries someone who's so reliant upon his speed about his body being in perfect shape perfect you know ready to play for him to be his best so unlikely that it was going to happen on a week-to-week basis. And the Alshon thing, I'm so with you, man, because I have not heard many people talk about that. But the fact that Alshon wasn't on PUP is a clear, definitive roster mismanagement. There's no other way to look at it. Like, they blew this. They, They wasted a roster spot on Alshon Jeffrey. And it all comes back to Howie. It all has to come back to Howie. These are his signings. These are guys he decided to bring back. They're guys that he believed in when, particularly with Alshon, Every Eagles fan on the planet was ready to be done with this guy. There is not a single yeah. Eagles fan who's like, no, keep Alshon here. We all knew it. We all don't expect a single thing from him this year. We didn't need to see him on the team. We're done with him after the whole fiasco with Justine Anderson. And we talked about it a ton of times. Like, Russell Wilson in Seattle had issues with the locker room, and they got rid of anybody who was in Russell's way. And yet, Howie continually, whether it's this situation with Alshon, whether it's the drafting of Hurts like we've talked about, continually, over and over and over again does not do that for
1: Carson Wentz, and I think we're seeing the the,
0: the issues with it. I, I don't think there's any question. I'm yeah,
1: hundred percent with you, you know what's interesting about Deshaun and Alshon is Deshaun certainly and and Alshon I think at this point is like they're kind of legacy Eagles in a way like it's similar to Jason Peters. Jason Peters was here longer, but I would say Deshaun is just as big a part of this franchise as Jason Peters. I mean, he's made big plays. He was here for the majority of his career, but like. Deshaun and Alshon not being able to play, like, that's not their fault. Like, they're hurt, and they're old. So, with Jason Peters, and you, I think, are kind of driving this train, like, the JP asking for money to move over and that impacting his legacy, like, that's his doing. Like, he decided to do that. I don't think it should impact his legacy. You do. But, like, that's his doing, no matter how you slice it. And we can both like, acknowledge it, that it has impacted his legacy. It, oh, it definitely yeah, has. exactly. This, for sure. But with Deshaun and Alshon, like, they didn't, I mean, they they wanted to come back, but like it wasn't them that decided they should be the top two receivers on this team. Like this was Howie's decision to bring back a thirty-year-old Alshon that's coming off a major foot injury, and a Deshaun Jackson that only played two games last year and has struggled to stay healthy. So, you know, on the in the larger scale, like it sounds silly when you think about it. Like should Deshaun and Alshon get benched for Travis Fulgham and John Hightower? Like yeah, you're yeah, right. I, yeah, it sounds right? silly. I get like why a, that sounds yeah. silly, but in the larger scale it isn't because of where this team is at and i have a, i feel bad saying deshaun and shouldn't, shouldn't play but I just can't help it. Like, that's how I feel. When I watch Carson out on the field with these other receivers, the team looks better than the times he's had Deshaun and Alshon together. Yeah. Period. Like, 100%. flat out. They, <laughs> it's just what it is. And, I mean, it's factual. Yeah, I, I don't think it's – I actually think it's more of a Doug thing. But uh, I do
0: too. It seems like he's so much more creative when he doesn't have those guys out there. And I do think part of it's Carson too and trying to force the ball to those guys or, or yes. whatever it is. I think there's multiple levels to it. But I absolutely agree with you. I think the biggest difference uh, from an offense perspective, when they're not out there, is Doug just gets so much more creative when those guys aren't out there for some reason.
1: Yeah, well, and I think part of it is, and I know this was Doug's mindset last year is like he would go into a game and say, "Okay, I have plays for Zach Ertz, Deshaun, Alshon, Nelson Aguilar, and like Dallas Goddard, right?" Um, and I think when you go into a game like that, like it it makes sense to scheme for your guys, but really, what you should be saying is. I have plays that Carson runs well. Yep. Stop. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how you should be doing this. So, I I think when Deshaun and Alshon are out there, he kind of just leans on the, like, well, I got to get Deshaun the ball. And you saw that, I think it was against the Rams, where he didn't have a touch for the whole first half. Maybe had, like, one target. And then he admitted that at halftime, like, we decided we had to get Deshaun the ball. And it worked. I think they went down the field. But, like, Deshaun is not dependable enough or really the type of player that you want getting like 13 targets a game, so I, I just think ultimately it doesn't help this team. And watch, I mean Deshaun, yeah, will, of course, you know, play right? And, you have eight you know, catches
0: for 170 right. and two touchdowns, right? Yeah,
1: but he did that in week one last year. He did. And that's He hasn't done it Well again. So. It doesn't
0: matter. The point is, look, he hasn't played. He played one game this year. He played one game or two games this year. He played one game last year, like or one and a couple plays. Like it, it, none of that changes the fact that you can't count on Deshaun week to week. Period. End of story.
1: Yep. Period. So I think, you know, and Doug talked about it this week, what will you do when all these guys are back because, you know, Travis Fulgham, uh, it's funny he's listed first now, but Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, uh, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, Deshaun, Alshon, um, JJ, right? Like Dante Burnett. I mean, there are like eight receivers that you could argue like kind of deserve to be up and not all of them are going to be, there's going to be really three receivers that get a lot of snaps. So it'll be interesting to see how they distribute them, but it's just a shame to think that John Hightower won't be getting snaps because Alshon will be like, how is that helping this team in the long run? How is it even frankly helping them like on Sundays? So it'll be interesting to see how, how they do that. And I think they're probably a bit away from that because Alshon's not going to play and, you know, Deshaun probably won't play, but I, I just the them coming back does not impact my outlook on the season. I think that says a lot about where these guys are at considering how much you're paying them.
0: Yeah. No question. And again, I think, you know, as we said, it, it it's one of the many reasons that Howie should be in the crosshairs right now, and that, you know, we have to call it out. This is a Howie mistake. This is a Howie issue, and it's a particularly bad one, because everyone in this freaking city knew it. Everyone talked about the wide receivers, yeah. what they needed to do, like, you know, and counting on Alshon and Deshaun, you are right. It's not their fault they're hurt. It's it's our fault that the Eagles counted on them this year, and, yeah. and you Could have seen it coming a mile away, and that's on Howie. All right. Let's make people more mad before we finally talk (laughs) Eagles-Steelers because you put together a list. Speaking of wide receivers, speaking of Howie Roseman, you have a list of of wide – just to make people mad, a list of wide receivers the Eagles have passed on. I can't wait to hear this. I have no idea. Elliot has not shown me this list. I just know he has a list. I'm – I don't even want to listen, but I have to. I, I'm, I can't DK Metcalf in my face, Justin Jefferson in my face. Lay it on
1: me, buddy. So what I did was I looked back since how he became GM in 2016, and I looked at receivers that they could have taken with draft picks where they took somebody else, right? So, uh, and let me preface it by saying this, because people get very mad on Twitter. Like, yes, Jalen Rager could end up being very good. I agree. That is a possibility. Justin Jefferson being good does not mean Jalen Rager won't be good. We all agree with that. We also know that Justin Jefferson is killing it right now and Rager's hurt. Not his fault he's hurt, but it's just a fact. So maybe just maybe Jalen Rager will end up proving to be a better pick than Justin Jefferson. It's possible. We don't know. I'm just saying when you look at it right now, I think we everyone that's being honest with themselves, if you could go back, would go back and pick Justin Jefferson. Just keep it real. Mm-hmm. Everybody would go back and do that. So – what, what I went, I went and I looked at each draft. So I'm going to start in 2016. This one's a bit of a stretch, I'll admit, but it's definitely a stab to like, you know, the, the heart. Oh, um, job. Fifth round, pick 164. They took Halapuli Vitai, who was a good player. I know this one. Tyreek, yep. Tyreek Hill taking next, yep. next pick. Yep. Um, And to be fair, so, that was
0: a, a character thing and yes, all that type yes, of stuff and is yes. proven, you know, he's a great yes. player. I don't like him, it, but he's a great player.
1: Yes. And look, Vitae was a critically important player. Yeah. Like Vitae was the Bowl. starting left tackle in the Super Bowl. So you
0: can't rip yeah. that too much, especially because Vitae, as a fifth round pick, was a great pick. So,
1: yeah. Now, where, where I think you can really start to, and I understand it looking back at draft history is 2020, but it's an important distinction to make here. The Eagles were trying to find wide receiver help. Like, this wasn't like, we're going back and saying, oh, man, you could have taken this defensive tackle when they're loaded to position. Like, they were scouting the position heavily. They were investing resources in it. And these were guys they just missed on. So 2017, second round, pick 43. We all know they take Sidney Jones. Didn't work out. Juju Smith-Schuster went 20 <laughs> picks later. <laughs> this one's a bit of a stretch, but I do know they scouted him and were very into him at the Senior Bowl. Like, Cooper Cup went around later. They I loved mean,
0: he, Cooper I, Cup from everything I heard that's a great one. Like, they were in yes. on Cooper Cup.
1: Oh, can um, you imagine? This what a, a perfect
0: bit... <laughs> guy to have on this team, Cooper Cup. Just someone you yeah. could freaking count on to get open and catch the ball. Like, what a what a win that would be.
1: Also, I feel like I remember, isn't he a Wentz guy somehow? Like, same agency? Yeah, or... I think there they was were. Something I they think were they might linked. have
0: been like a, a work at Like, Carson went and threw in the ball for his pre-draft stuff or something like that. There is
1: some sort yeah. of connection. Um, that same year, round six, pick 214. Elijah Qualls. This one, he has a break, he's breaking out now, but David Moore from the Seahawks, sure. like he's turned into a very, very nice receiver. Um certainly would take right. him
0: over Elijah Qualls. No offense, Elijah yes.
1: Qualls. All right, so 2018, first round, they trade out, they trade back for Dallas Goddard, Cortland Sutton. Taken there before they traded back. So he was taken 40th. They didn't end up picking until 49. They could have taken where they originally had Dallas Goddard. Courtney Sutton's had some injury concern, but I think we would all agree he's better than every single receiver on this roster but right it,
0: now. But easily. It's even close.
1: Yeah. Um, and then speaking of the Steelers, we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, they took Dallas Goddard at pick 49, pick 60 that year, James Washington, who is probably not as good of a player as Dallas Goddard, but definitely a contributing receiver that they could use um and then the next one that same pick they could have taken if they wanted michael gallup he was taken in the third round so a little later but another guy they passed on where that's been a contributing player on another team
0: yeah and and Um, most of these guys again like michael gallup is immediately the best receiver on this team it's not even close
1: right so 2019 is really the worst one in my opinion so at pick 25 where they took andre dillard they could have taken either Marquise Brown, who would be literally perfect for what they need. You yep. then don't have to take Reger. You could you could have taken Justin Jefferson there if you That's really who wanted to. That's what I wanted them
0: pair. to take. I wanted them to take Marquise Brown. I thought that yeah. made so much sense for this team.
1: Yep, and the fact Dillard has been a bust, you know, adds to it. Like you could argue a left tackle over receiver. I get the positional value, but if you're going to pass on a need to for for you know a left tackle, you have to make sure you get that right. Uh, the other one there, Debo Samuel. He also, obviously, is better than anything the Eagles have. Um, not even going to bring up the guy that plays for the Seahawks because everybody knows. But J.J. Mm-hmm. Sega Whiteside, yeah,
0: Terry McLaurin, um, that one. Terry too.
1: McLaurin, yep. Paris Campbell, yep. Who's, who's had some injuries yep. issues, hurt, but, but yeah. Um, Deontay Johnson, Way another guy that JJ, Eagles no will question. be seeing this weekend. Um, and then here's like a kind of underrated one, Sharif Miller. They take it pick one thirty eight. 149, Hunter Renfro, who is a solid receiver, definitely way better than Sharif Miller. Like, Sharif Miller, I don't even think he's on a team right now, is he? Because I know he got released. I by, know he's uh,
0: certainly not on the Eagles, Elliot,
1: which is all I care about. Certainly on. not on the Eagles, yeah. And then that same year, Clayton Thorson, Darius Slayton of the Giants goes a few picks later. So they're good. Football it's just yeah, like when I went back and looked, I think there's an argument since twenty sixteen there are eighteen receivers the Eagles could have taken that are now doing well, and they missed out on all of them. So, it's it's a Howie thing. Flat yeah, out like no that question. is a Howie thing. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to, like you know, nitpick one or two, fine. But the fact is, as you look around the league, as the Eagles are short on receivers, there are a ton of receivers that the Eagles had chances to take when they were looking for receivers. That's a key point. When they were looking for receivers, that they passed on. So, it's not a, it's not you know, it's not a, a great yeah. thing to discuss on no. a beautiful Friday. No. But no. it's. It's important no, to, to. It mention. is.
0: It is. And again, you know how I feel about Howie. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I think it's a clear indictment of Howie. Certainly of his ability to evaluate wide receivers. And again, I mean, like it, JJ Artega Whiteside is is such a massive miss when you know you took yeah. him in the second round, and, and we already all agree, not even deep into his second season, that 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 he's just not. He doesn't have it. Like he's just not going to be an NFL player. That is, a,
1: if I a kick if I in told you junk, moving Elliot. forward, you had to bet. Who has more touchdowns the rest of the season? Travis Fulgham or J.J. I it's not even close I would take Fulgham.
0: Not even close. You would? Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I would yeah, take every receiver on the or... Eagles roster. I would take John Hightower. I might even take Quads well, yeah, Watkins, tell... who has never stepped on the field before. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'm that out on J.J. All right. Quickly, uh, before we get to Eagles Steelers, just a quick mention. Uh, the whole COVID situation around the NFL. Uh, Bills, Titans, we'll see Tuesday night. The Jets, it looks like had a te- positive test this morning, but I don't know if that's going to interrupt their game. Any general thoughts on the the state of the NFL and COVID at the moment? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, look, prior to the season, we were still talking about this on what felt like a daily, or at least every pod. Um, I was confident the NFL would get through the season. Um, and maybe I was, you know digging my head in the sand a little bit there. I mean, I'm obviously very aware of COVID and I take all the precautions. So like, I'm aware of what the risks were, but I thought that I didn't expect it even to get to this point. I'll be completely honest. So the fact that it's gotten here um, is surprising to me and how this impacts it moving forward, we'll see. I still think the Super Bowl is played on time, ultimately. Like, I think they will figure out ways to kind of, you know, piece the schedule together. You saw with baseball early on and then it seemed like it kind of, uh, you could speak to this better, I guess, but it seemed like a lot of the COVID issues with baseball were early on, and then eventually it kind of settled down, and they they got to like a pretty normal schedule. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you'll see some of that for sure. Um, and I I just, I just really, really hope football doesn't stop. Yeah. Like I, I want everybody to be safe, and I they have to do what they have to do what the doctors are telling them, and if it has to stop, it has to stop. But like, man, it would really be depressing if this stopped.
0: Yeah, and look, I think to the point you made about baseball and in general, I do think that. That I think they're going to power through. Like again, you know, it's to the point where if it's you know multiple teams, multiple games all at the same time, maybe we see a pause or something. I don't expect it. I expect them to power through. I expect them to find ways to power through. I think there's a chance maybe they add an extra week or two at the end of the season, which would push the Super Bowl back. But I do think, and and I was one who, when we had these conversations prior to the season, did not think they would finish the season. I, I'm much more hopeful now. And I do think, look, the NFL, I think they need to come down really hard on the Titans. I think that, that they, need, they need to set a precedent here with this team that so clearly violated the rules with this, you know, off-site training thing when they weren't supposed to be going into their facility. And, like, there's, is so clear that the Tennessee Titans did not follow the protocols and guidelines. The NFL needs to come down with a hammer. On them, I think that their game should be forfeited. I know it's not going to be because there's all the issues with players not getting paid for forfeits and all that weird stuff and the NFL not wanting to deal with all that stuff. But the Titans deserve to have their game on Sunday or their Tuesday game, I guess it's going to be now. But it deserves to be forfeited. Like, they should come down hard on the Titans. I think ultimately the NFL is, is, is intense and serious about this. They keep putting in new protocols. They keep trying to find ways to, when something happens, adjust. I think they'll get through it. But it's, of course, like you said, it's unpredictable and we don't know. And, and it's, you know, we all want football to finish, it, but obviously we don't want people to be safe.
1: So I do think if the Titans have to forfeit it, I don't think the Bills should be given a win. I'll say that. Well, I think I they, mean, they, they you have just have to put win the percentage. Point.
0: I see what you're saying. So it's just a loss for the Titans,
1: but nothing for the Bills. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So the Bills would finish like instead of Just because they don't get ten, lucky. Ten they
0: shouldn't get that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm don't think it. that's fair to other teams. I, I mean, get you know, it. imagine then take draft so, picks away or whatever. Like they should really hammer the Titans for this because this is this is unacceptable. And they're putting the whole league and the schedule and all this stuff at risk. And look, it's going to benefit the Eagles. I mean, I think I know that people will talk about it in a sec, but I think the week off for the Steelers is actually a, a better thing for the Eagles than not. Yeah, so, I super
1: disagree with you. you no, I can't so wait to get into it. Yeah, uh, okay. But yeah. um,
0: yeah, so fingers crossed, we'll hope for the best and you know i think that they're in in solid shape but obviously they need to really get a lid on on these issues they've been having all right eagles Steelers in one sec but as always as you know we like to do let me remind you that you need to download the park sportsbook app it is just the best app out there elliot and i have had so much fun betting on games legally right here in bucks county and your action your money safe and secure on their easy-to-use Parks Casino Sports betting app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app bet with the best. Elliot, uh, if you want to go back and listen to our show on Wednesday, we went through every single game on the NFL slate. We broke down the lines. 11 and four last week. So if you want to listen to my picks, All right. All right. All right, moment, all right. You know, you could right. do that. Yeah. Or you, know what I mean? you could I, check I, out Elliot's parks, parks bets. Cause he had another one last night.
1: Yes. On I'm Twitter. back on track. Yes. I'm back on track. Let's just say just bet on Nick Foles. Like that's just a good strategy. <laughs> I think when you want to win, when you want to win money, you download the parks casino app and you bet on Nick Foles because Nick Foles last night, once again, he's just special. He's special. He has something about him that is special. And you know what else was special? Him making money for people that listen to the Parks bet, because I said Bears plus two and a half, and they won outright. So you could even bet the money line. But Believe what, yeah, nine yeah, and Foles. three
0: now with your Parks bets? Is that correct?
1: Nine and three, yes. And as we discussed on the last pod, I had lost my last one, so I was feeling a little insecure and nervous. But I went back. I put myself out there. I even tweeted the little gif of Foles. And I won again. So I'm back on track. Look
0: at this guy. Everyone can do it. Follow Elliot's Twitter for the Park Sports bet. Listen to our last pod. We go through every game on this slate. Bet with the best. Sign up now. Here's the deal. You can get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com. That's a slash P-A. That's P-A-R-X slash P-A and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S. To get your risk-free bet of up to $500, the website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. Of course, you must be 21 and in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, E, let's get into it. Eagles, Steelers on Sunday. And here's the funny thing. So if you had asked me a week ago, is there any chance the Eagles beat the Steelers 10 days from now or a week from now or whatever it is? I would have said absolutely not. I was like, the Steelers are better. I just don't see the Eagles beating him. But as the time has gone on, and yes, of course, with the win in San Francisco on Sunday night, but also the way this week has played out, Elliot, I'm starting to feel it a little bit, brother. Mm. I am starting to feel like the Eagles have a chance heading into Pittsburgh. Let me break it down for you, and you can tell me why you think I'm wrong, because I'm guessing you think I'm wrong. But here's the deal. I think that this first and foremost, some confidence from the win on Sunday night. They go into San Francisco – They were a nine-point underdog. They win the game outright. They are a smaller underdog in this one. And I, I mentioned it before, but I think the Steelers, look, football players are creatures of habit. They do the same thing every week. It's the same practice on the same day. It's the same this. It's the same that. Last week, the week before, leading into last week, the Steelers' whole thing got completely thrown out of whack. They lose their bye week. They have to take a weird kind of offbeat bye week, come back, ramp it back up. Even Big Ben has come out and said how much it sucked and now they got the short end of the stick and how it's going to be hard for him and all that. I think this team is going to come out sluggish on Sunday. Of course, the teams they've beaten, 1-11, Combined record. Mm -hmm. I know Houston's had a tough schedule, but they're 0-4. They only beat them by 7. They only beat the Broncos by 5. The Broncos stink out loud. The Giants, that first half was a close game. They only won by 10. Look, I get it that the Steelers are more talented than the Eagles, but the Steelers are not some world-beating team that people are making them out to be.
1: Okay, so... I am a big fan of picking games based off of everything but what's happening on the field, right? Like, I have picked the Eagles to win games because Carson Wentz had a white arm sleeve on that matches uniform. So I completely understand you looking at this from a perspective of all the reasons outside of the game why they could win. But what you said last there is most important. The Steelers are just way more talented than the Eagles. Like, flat out, they are. I mean, the Eagles have a great defensive line, the Steelers have a great offensive line, and a great defensive line. The Eagles' offensive line's been playing well, but I think that going into this game, and it's close because they're both good units, you could make the argument the Steelers have the advantage on both sides of the line. It's close, but I think you can make the argument. After that, it's not even close. The weapons that the Steelers have on offense are worlds better than what the Eagles have. I think the pass rushers, you know, like the the uh god why can't I, I want to say jj watt i don't know TJ. why <laughs> tj yeah T, tj tj watt is like a stud he's right? a he's I a mean, legit like all pro player yes yeah he he's legit he's a game changer right game changer bud dupree very good so while i Cam see him a Hayward, point, a game changer game yeah and well i guess we'll another we'll all pro i think yeah 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 well i mean Chase Claypool is averaging 25 yards per catch this season as a rookie, right? So, I, like, they have talent all over the field. And what it really comes down to me to me, with this is uh, why I think the Eagles are not going to win this game. I guess we'll just say our predictions now. I just don't think they're going to win because I don't think they can score enough points, like, flat out. Like, the Eagles, as, for, as impressive as that win in San Francisco was, if we're being honest with ourselves, like, five or six days removed from it, they won that game because the defense was able to take advantage of a bad Nick Mullins team, And they only had one turnover. But the offense only scored 18 points. Like, 18 points is not going to get it done against the Steelers. And I understand your your point about the Steelers coming across as they could potentially come out sloppy. And, like, I think the creature of habit thing is very true. Like, that is very true, especially, like, once you're in the season, right? And you, like, have things going. But ultimately, if they come out slow, what makes you think the Eagles are going to take advantage of that? You know, like, the Eagles... have trouble scoring on offense. They also start games really slow, right? I mean, they're not a team that comes out and and fires right off the jump and and gets big leads. They're almost always playing from behind. So even if the Steelers do come out, uh, even if they do come out sluggish, I don't think the Eagles can take advantage of it. Like, maybe they get a 7-0 lead, but I, I don't think they're going to build up a big enough lead. And ultimately the Steelers will not they will get out of it and when they do they're going to score points I mean they're 12th in the league right now in points they've had at least 26 points in each game this season have the Eagles top 26 points in any game I don't think so right like no. 23 against yeah so 23 25 so they've come close but they have not top 26 points so what it really comes down to me is yes it's possible they win the game and I think that the, the fight they showed against the 49ers is really the only reason to think they have a chance. Like, I, it, had they got blown out by the Niners, I would say this team had z- zero chance. But I think that the fight they showed, it matters. And, like, Carson has shown he's better with the when the receivers are who he's going to be with on Sunday. But this is not Nick Mullins. This is Ben Roethlisberger. And if you're going to tell me that they're going to outscore the Steelers, I just think the chances are slim. And And the last thing I'll say is, in 2017... When the Eagles were underdogs, like, I understood rallying around that. They were a good team that people were correct to underestimate. I'm Sorry, that they were incorrect Incorrect. to underestimate, right? Like, it was basically just Nick Foles was the reason everyone underestimated them. The Eagles have been underdogs the last two years because they're not a good football team. Like, and and that's a very different distinction. Like, this idea that, like, everyone picked the Niners and we won, like— that doesn't mean you're a good team. It means you somehow won a game nobody thought you would. And so you can't go into every week saying like, you know, oh, we're underdogs. Like, oh, it's only seven this week, not nine. Like the the like the Eagles are underdogs in this game for a reason. They're heavy underdogs in this game for a reason. And it's because the Steelers are a way better football team than the Eagles are. So could they win? Yes, they could win. But I, I am not on the same wavelength as you. But again, it. like you're,
0: the Steelers are a great football team. Like, I don't know about that. They beat the Giants by 10 points, and it was a close game for most of it. They beat yeah, but the Broncos the
1: tied the Bengals. They bangles.
0: beat the Broncos by five. The Broncos are a, a horrendous football team. Houston, 0-4. They beat them by seven, and Houston was ahead for the majority of the game. Like, I understand what you're saying, but this Steelers team, I think we're we're making the Steelers out to be something they're not. I agree the Eagles are not. I'm not making the Eagles out to be some world-beating type team, though, I do agree with you. I think the fight they showed in San Francisco is something that does matter to me in looking at this game. I think the way Carson Wentz played, the toughness, the that type of football, getting him out, letting him do things, which I think they ob- absolutely have to do against the Steelers defensive front, I think that that gives them a chance. And then on the other end, I just think you're making the Steelers have to be a much better football team than I think they are. That's really what it comes down to. They have not shown that they're a great football team. They've beaten who they're supposed to beat. They deserve credit for that. I do agree. I think from a talent perspective, they have one of the best defenses in football. I, I will not dispute that from just pure talent. But I don't think their offense is as great as you make them out to be. I think it's a good offense. I, I think they've got some nice weapons. Uh, but I mean, like, I don't know. I, I don't think it's some you know high flying you know I mean, air like, show like, like, but this- offense.
1: You know, I mean, they put up 26, I- 26 and eight against
0: bad teams.
1: Yeah, but if you look at their receivers, I think you can make the argument their top four receivers are all are better than every single receiver. I, the Eagles I don't think play. there's
0: any question about that. I would okay. agree with that. Right. But, but Juju is a really good football player. But, like, Deontay Johnson and, and James Washington are, are good, but they're not, like, amazing receivers. They're certainly no better than Debo Samuel or whatever other guys the Eagles have faced. Like, they're not that much better. I mean, Tyler Boyd yeah. is better than than those guys. I mean, like... You know, I, so I, I think that they're good players. I just think that it's not like this steal. Like, look, next week when we're facing the Ravens, maybe I'll have a little bit different tune about what type of offense they are facing. And even the Ravens have struggled a little bit. But but there I get it. I can see it. Here I'm, I'm a little less ready to, to anoint the Steelers. Let's go through. Let's look at the matchups because I think that'll give us a kind of a better idea of, of how this stuff mm-hmm. breaks down. Let's go. Let's start in the trenches because I do think, as you said, I think those are Certainly the best units for the Steelers and I think you know certainly the Eagles D line. Let's start with the Eagles O line versus the Pittsburgh D line. I think if you're uh, uh the Steelers are going to win this game, this is a matchup the Steelers dominate and they win because of it type of thing if if I'm looking at this game. The Steelers D front is as good as there is in the game.
1: Yeah. And and I think look, the Eagles offensive line I think at this point we have to accept, and we should accept, they're always going to be a good unit. Like Jeff Stallin just has them at a point where they're, they are a good unit. I mean, you look at the advanced statistics tell you, I think they're the seventh best pass rushing or a pass blocking team in the NFL. Their win rate on individual blocks is like fourth in the league. So they, they are a good pass blocking uh, offensive line. The issue is the Steelers have like two just complete studs when it comes to rushing the passer. And not only that, they create turnovers. I think last year TJ Watt had eight forced fumbles. Bud Dupree had four last year. And I think he has at least one or two this year. So that is a concern I have if I'm the Eagles. Like not only are they are they probably going to get to Carson, when they get to the quarterback, they make the ball come out. And we all know one of Carson's biggest flaws is fumbles. So that is one concern I would have. One of the reasons probably the reason the Eagles won the game last week is because they forced three turnovers and only turned it over once. Winning the turnover battle is not, like, some hot take where I'm, like, some football expert by saying it. But, yes, they do need, like, the. I find it hard to believe they're going to win the turnover battle with how good their pass rush is and how good they are at creating turnovers in the pocket.
0: Yeah, I think the Steelers led the NFL in turnovers created last year. They're a legit, legit defense. T.J. Watt, like we said, T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward are are literally both all pro players, or at least I don't know if they've both gotten there. I think they have, but either way, they're that Talent level, big, of big players. Jordan Mylata week though.
1: Like, but this that, will be a but good, that's, that's what good I was week, about
0: yeah. to say. You led me right into it. I was going to say this is going to be a really big week for those young offensive linemen to see what we have here. Look, if Jordan Mylata can hold up against uh Bud, uh Bud Dupree, I mean, man, all of a sudden we're starting to think we really have something here, and I'm I'm excited about Jordan Mylata. I don't need to see Jason Peters play for the Eagles again. I'm good. Just keep more, keep my lot seriously, like. At least we find know, out my lot something in the future yeah. regardless. Um, but it, I think I'm with you. This is a really big one, especially because Pittsburgh's get Tomlin, that defensive front, it's not going to be like straight ahead. Like they're going to mess with my Lotta. They're going to make him think, and it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts to that. All right, let's flip it around to where you would at least, and again, the, the Pittsburgh offensive line is very good, so it's not a clear dominant advantage. But again, to the point of if the Eagles are going to win this game, as we've seen already, the D-line has to step up. Do you think they can handle this Pittsburgh line and, and give us another big performance?
1: Yeah, I think the Steelers' offensive line is a lot like the Eagles' offensive line. Like, guys have shuffled in and out at times. And, I mean, J- Javon Hargrave said it this week. Like, no matter what, they're just always good. And he goes against, he went against them for years in practice. And I think that's what you see with them. Like, Andre Villanueva, obviously a very good tackle. Uh, the interior of their line is very good. Marie, uh, Maurice yeah, Pouncey is an
0: all-timer, for sure.
1: Yeah. Now if there's one area and of the line— the Castro is a really where, good player too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Wisniewski actually used to be there and just uh just got hurt. But um one area of the line that you could attack that you would kind of view as like their weak point would be the right tackle spot. Uh the guy that they had there, Zach Banner, he won the job in week one or in training camp, then got hurt in week one. So now they have uh, and I'm gonna mispronounce his name, but oh oh it's not Okafor, it's not like Jaleel Okafor, but um o- the they're, they're right tackle
0: Okafor. Okora for Okora for let's go with
1: that so that's one position where you would hope that the defensive end uh whether it be Brandon Graham you know or or Josh Sweat um could take advantage of that spot. So I do think that, and look, the Eagles defensive lines leading the league in sack. So I'm not going to go into any game saying that they don't have a chance to, to be dominant because they do. And Ben Roethlisberger is not as mobile as he used to be, but it is a, it is a good offensive line. It just flat out is. And last week against the Niners, we said, this is a good offensive line. Let's see if they can do it. And they did. So maybe they will be able to get pressure. But if you, if you talk about the Eagles winning this game, like, yes, it, it has to start with beating a good Steelers offensive line. All
0: right. We could do this one quick. The Eagles wide receiver is Tight ends and running backs against the Pittsburgh back. I mean, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick. They're they're stacked back there. This is a
1: clear advantage for Pittsburgh. Terrell Edmonds. Yeah, Yeah, clear advantage. Yeah, they they have a very good linebackers are great.
0: Uh, Like it's just a clear advantage.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a definite clear advantage for yeah, sure.
0: We don't have to we we can can move past this one. Let's swim around though. <laughs> we could probably just
1: do that for every game. this yeah, year. Yeah, just so, all right. <laughs> that's
0: a disadvantage. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, and also, <gasps> look, Pittsburgh a really good run D too, so that kind of you know limits this the, what Sanders can do and all that. All right, uh, this is an interesting one though. The Pittsburgh skill guys who we just talked about. Obviously, the the wide four wide receivers you've already mentioned. James Conner's a really good running back. Even Benny Snell's a nice backup. Can this Eagles kind of backside, you know, the cornerbacks, the linebackers, <laughs> safety? Uh, what do you think yeah. about them going up against this
1: group? Yeah, I think interesting is a way to uh, explain <laughs> it for sure. I mean, I think this is this is a tough one. Like, I mean, Juju smith schuster spends a lot of – he's a, their slot receiver, right? That's where he predominantly lines up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Do they have Darius Slay follow him into the slot? I doubt it. I doubt it, I doubt do it but it's possible. It's possible, but if you don't like, I don't like the matchup of, and I like Cravon, but I don't like the matchup of Cravon versus him. And the Roby Coleman's been essentially benched at this point, so like, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel confident that we would to slow down Juju Smith-Schuster. The other thing is Chase Claypool has been a deep threat. I mean, 25 yards of catch, as I said earlier on six catches. I mean, he's a guy that can get behind the defense. I think Deontay Johnson and James Washington are kind of the same type of player. And I think when you talked about the 49ers receivers, I think that's a good comparison. Like they're definitely guys that can hurt you. They're not really guys you go into a game worried about, but I think when you combine all four of them together, it's a very good diverse, like different set Pat, uh group of receivers. And yeah, you feel confident about Darius Slay and Jalen Mills played well against 49ers, but I, I think it's going to – if the pass rush doesn't get there, the Steelers are going to score 30 points, in my opinion. Like, the pass rush has to get there because the the receivers are too good to to consistently hold down if Ben has time. Yeah, I think it's
0: a great point. All right, two more matchups to get to the two biggest, but obviously probably – you know, like Carson Wentz versus Roethlisberger. We don't need to spend a ton of time on this. I think we all kind of know where these guys are at. Um, but what do you think about this matchup of, of Wentz going up against the guy who, especially early on in his career, a lot of people have compared him to as a football player?
1: Yeah, so I'll actually throw this one back at you because I'm gonna, I'm going, to i am i am calling into the afternoon show. Are you gonna throw their and, poll and, at me? Yes, yes. So they're they're gonna ask me this question, so I will ask you this question. Yeah. And let me pull the question up because now I can't remember I the
0: exact I know the t- the, Essentially, the wording
1: is something to the effect of. There ben- it is, right here. Okay, go ahead. One of the main, one of the main comps for Carson Wentz coming out of college was Big Ben. Four years later, do you still believe that Carson can reach Big Ben's level as a quarterback?
0: Yes, I do. And again, look, the the two Super Bowl titles, I don't know about that. You know, that's a, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, as we know. But in terms of can he be a Ben Roethlisberger-type quarterback, yeah, I think he can. Do I expect him to get to that level? No. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say, like, he will be. Uh, but I think it's still in him. I think it's certainly possible, and, and they have a very similar style, especially as Carson's getting a little bigger and stuff. I, I would love to see Carson with the type of weapons that Ben has had every single year of his career. If you're going to talk about Pittsburgh, you talk about every year. Every year, whether it's Antonio Brown or Antonio Holmes or now Juju or this or that, like they've always found guys to put around Ben, and I think that matters. So I think he can get to that level, but I wouldn't expect it. I'm assuming you would say obviously not.
1: Well, so this is larger picture. This isn't just talking about Sunday. But on a larger scale, saying Carson Wentz can be Ben Roethlisberger is saying you think Carson Wentz is a Hall of Fame player. Because Ben can, Roethlisberger no, 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 no. Pro-
0: hold up, hold up. Can be. There is a big difference. Again, I do not yes. expect. Yes, I know. To I, be I know better. what you're saying. Yes, yes. you're so saying Carson a Wentz key, can be an all-fame player. Qual- yes, I think Carson Wentz's ceiling is all-fame player. Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay. Well, I think that's delusional because I mean B- Ben Roethlisberger has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league for 16 years, roughly. I mean, maybe not the first few years he wasn't, but like to To say to that Carson can accomplish what Ben Roethlisberger again, has accomplished
0: again, I, again, I didn't say the two Super Bowls necessarily, or however. The question is, can he be the same level of player that Ben Roethlisberger can be at some point? I'm not saying for sixteen years or all that. I'm saying that I think he can reach that level. I, I think you're making it into a grander statement than I'm making it into,
1: yeah, and that that's I think different ways to view it, right? like when i when I think about can can he reach Ben Roethlisberger's like, level as a quarterback, I think of what Ben Rosselsberger has accomplished. And if Carson Wentz accomplishes, like, even just forget the Super Bowls, honestly, like, if Carson just accomplishes what Ben has done in terms of staying for the team as long as he has, staying healthy, being a high level quarterback, consistently making the playoffs, like, I don't even know if Carson can do that. And it's not even a shot at Carson. To say that, like what Ben Roethlisberger has accomplished is a Hall of Fame career. He is a Hall of Fame level talent. Like if you want to look at it one of two ways, you can look at it at, like his resume versus his talent, like just who he was as a player. Both of them are Hall of Fame levels. Like that that's what he was, right? I mean, maybe the resume helps him more than his like individual talent, but I just can't sit here and say Carson can be that. I mean, Carson's been the worst quarterback in the league for the first, you know, four months of the of the not four months, four weeks of the of the year. So I, I can't say that. We'll so just to agree I would to see, disagree no. on this one. Uh, all yes. right,
0: Doug versus Tomlin. Last one. Uh, you know, not a ton to say. Both Super Bowl winning coaches. Uh, you know, I think, you know, obviously Tomlin's done it much longer. What do you think about this matchup?
1: I mean, look, you have to give it to Mike Tomlin, right? I mean, Mike Mike Tomlin one of the best head coaches in the league. I think Doug is as well. um, And I think Doug showed against the Niners. He still has it in in him to impact the game. But uh, I would have to give the advantage to Tomlin.
0: Yeah, I would too, mostly in a getting his guys ready to play every week thing. But I I do think that, like, Doug's peak has been better. I mean, Tomlin won a Super Bowl too, but in terms of the impact on the game, I think what Doug did to win the Super Bowl and everything he did, you know, I don't, I don't know if Tomlin can do that because he's not an offensive coach in the same way, but I agree with you. In terms of head coach, leader of men, getting his guys ready, it's it's hard to beat what Mike Tomlin has done year in, year out. All right, Elliot, it's time. We'll get some reviews in a sec before we get out of here, but it is time. I think you've already made your pick. We already know. I'm guessing you're taking
1: the, the Steelers and laying the seven. Laying the seven's tough. That's the tough part of the equation for me. It's not really picking this game. I do think the Steelers are going to win this game. Um, I'm going to go 24-18. So I guess I'll pick the Eagles to cover because I think they're seven last time I looked on Parks, right? They are they're seven, seven when still
0: seven, and I am obviously picking them to cover. I think they lose by three. I think they would right. right Look, but again, All I, that. I know. Well, I got to be real. I got to be honest. But I think they can win. Like, I really do. If they win on Sunday, I will not be nearly surprised, as I think most people will be. I think they've got a really good shot. I, I think, ultimately, the Steelers will have a little bit more at the end and win a very close game. But again, you know, a bounce of the ball, I think it could go the Eagles' way.
1: Are you, you ready for this really quick? Born if ready. the Eagles win on Sunday, I will view them as the favorite to win the division. Ooh.
0: Ooh, okay. If they
1: beat the Steelers, if they beat the 49ers and the Steelers back-to-back weeks, I think it's only fair at that point to view them as the favorite to win the division. I love it.
0: I love it. All right. Uh, quickly, before we get out of here, we mentioned it. We're up to uh, 1,341 five-star reviews. When we get to 2,000 five-star reviews, we will take the SATs, post our scores, tell you all about it. You can make fun of us. It'll be great. Uh, couple quick uh, reviews. Uh, Elliot, you want to hit us up
1: with some of these? Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate everyone that's been taking the time to do this. So, um, as as you mentioned, we got a bunch of really nice just comments. And thank you, everybody, that did that. A few good questions. Uh who is the best actually, this is a bigger we will address this on a pod later, but Chet Manley 5,000. Very good question. Who has the best chance to go somewhere else and succeed? Doug Carson or oh, Howie? Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could do an entire we, we podcast. We'll get to on this. That. Yeah, we could do an entire we'll get to that. It's a great question. It will come back to us. Thank you for the review. All
1: right. So this one I thought was a funny line. Uh this is from HCP two eight five four six. Listening to ESP reminds me of my first beer. I hated it the first time I tried it, but after suffering through it a few more times, I developed not only a tolerance but an appreciation for him. Caught myself agreeing with him several times. Over the I last love couple that. Of That's a perfect That's, yeah. analogy. Well done. Well done. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of how I got Kristen to date me. You know, at Hey-o! first she was like, "Yeah, yeah," then I just Wore gave her more down. Beer. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, all right. That Daily Coke says, I was scrolling through IG today and saw on uh, a Bears-related post, there are a lot of people actually defending Mitch Trubisky and saying he's a great quarterback. This got me thinking about Wentz. Could it be we're actually blind about him? Because to any Eagles fan, it's obvious that Trubisky is terrible, but I'm worried that my, that Wentz might be our Trubisky.
0: I, look, I, I get where he's coming from, and I think that we have definitely you know been blind to certain things at times and all that, but the difference between Wentz and Trubisky is there are a lot of really smart football people, national people, the Dan Orlovskis, like all these type of people who strongly believe in Carson Wentz, who think he can be great. Louis Riddick. I mean, there are like real football people. There are none of those with Trubisky. Like there are no real, like it's like maybe there's some fans out there who love Trubisky, but you don't see these national people, these true football people stumping for him. So I do think that is a difference between the two. Yeah, I think the main difference
1: is, and I also, hate bringing up 2017. It's
0: 2017. Yes, played like an MVP in the NFL. Trubisky has never. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Great point. Trubisky has never reached that level. Um, all right. D- uh, Don Mont- Mancho says, love the podcast. I don't know if you guys take questions. Yes, we do. But <laughs> we'd love, gu- <laughs> love to hear you guys discuss Mylotta versus Dillard for a future I don't think we tackle.
0: need to di- discuss it. Mylotta, let's move on to the next question. How amazing is yeah, that, by the way? Yeah, that's about
1: where I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: amazing. Am. Amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, I think people are going to owe Brian uh, Baldinger some apologies. Yeah, and John um,
0: Ritchie and, and Ross Tucker. Yep. There are a few of them out there who stumped for this guy, and we ripped them, and, and you know, our bad.
1: They yeah, were right. All right, Maddie Ice and Jenkintown. What do you think are the odds Milata, Herbig, and Driscoll are all starting offensive linemen for the Eagles next year? I think very good.
0: Yeah, I don't think bad. I, well, I, I think it's unlikely. I think— my lot and herbig, it, the, I would say hi. I think the Lane Johnson will be here next year. So unless Driscoll's gonna play guard, I think either Mylota or Driscoll, I would say good point. you know what yeah. I mean? But I look, I think the point is is that all three of those guys look like they theoretically could be starters for you, either starters or great backups or whatever. They're looking all right,
1: yep. Yeah. So, and then outside of that, I mean, you know, the guys that left comments as always Grippa grippo two one five, uh, Julius Bernard always coming through with some questions. I appreciate that. Coach 48, Andy from Connecticut, Shane B Bendrock three Oh two slime, Baba Yaga. Great name. Not sure what it means, but, uh, and then Beeb 88. And so Pecan thank you to everybody. Too. Yes. Yes. So, um, as you said, up to 1,341 and, I will close the pot on this. You ready for this, James? Guess was, what today I'm is.
0: So ready, Elliot.
1: Please lay it on me. It's Kingsley's birthday. Aww, today is a little today. guy. Yes, yes. So he's doing good with the weight loss. Uh, for those that maybe are just first listening, that's my dog Kingsley. Taking him for he's some walks, three, baby. Yeah, down three pounds. So you know it's it's my working. Good um, work,
0: good work. Today's
1: a, che- today's a cheat day because it's his birthday, obviously. Oh yeah, but, uh, give him some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, so two years old. So happy birthday to Kingsley! Gotta gotta awesome. got get that shout out.
0: Happy birthday, Kingsley! That is very cool, Elliot. Uh, so you can hear us uh, tomorrow, Saturday, one to three on WIP, the WIP uh, Go Birds Radio. We obviously talk Eagle Steelers Sunday night pregame show or excuse me post game show right here in the feed you'll see that and then of course uh you know we'll just keep doing what we do we eh? get those reviews in by the end of this season let's make this happen 2005 yes. star reviews and we can do the sats and it'll be hilarious uh all right uh i hope they win elliot i really hope they win because there's nothing i want more than on sunday night to open the pod and you say folks the Eagles are the favorite to win the NFC East. Yep. I need that, Elliot. I need it.
1: Well, it'll certainly be nice to do two victory pods in a row. I'll say that. Uh, so and they won't be at midnight, you know? They play at one o'clock. Goodness. So we'll have a. Thank
0: goodness for that one. All right. Yes, uh, yeah. Again, tomorrow, Saturday, one to three, Sunday night postgame uh, post-game show, and so much more. Uh, rate and review the pod. He's Elliot. I'm James. We'll see you guys later.